Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the grace to be among the living today. Glory, honor, adoration, and praise be unto your holy name now and forevermore. Father in heaven, we ask that you bless us with spiritual blessings this morning. Speak to us, Lord, from your word. As we go through the devotion, impress on our hearts through your spirit the lessons that you want us to add to our lives. Put your words in our mouth and give us grace to speak words to that will be a blessing to all who are listening. Lord, we want power and strength to live for you. We pray that through this devotion you will give us that power. Power to overcome the sins and temptation that will come our way today. Please, Lord, help us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 18. Promises to those who obey. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, that ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Exodus chapter 19, verse 15. 5. This pledge was given not only to Israel, but to all who are obedient to God's word. Those who live amid the perils of the last days may realize that just as the beginning of their experience, just as at the beginning of their experience, the truth united them to the Savior. So he who is the author and finisher of our faith will perfect the work he has begun for them. God is faithful by whom we are called to fellowship with his Son. As men and women cooperate with God in doing the work he has given them, they go forward from strength to greater strength. As they exercise simple faith, believing day by day that God will not fail to establish them in Christ, God says to them, as he did to ancient Israel, Thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6 Thus God is able and willing to lead all who will be led. He desires to teach each one a lesson of constant trust, unwavering faith, and unquestioning submission. He says to each one, I am the Lord thy God. Walk with me and I will fill thy path with light. But God requires obedience to all his commands. The only way in which it is possible for men to be happy is by rendering obedience to the laws of God's kingdom. Life with its privileges and endowments is God's gift. Let us remember 
that all we have comes from God and is to be wholly and freely consecrated to Him. Paul declares, I count all things but loss for the excellency of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, but the righteousness which is of God by faith. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 The sacrifice of our ideas, our will, is necessary if we would be one with Christ in God. All we have and are must be laid at Christ's feet. Amen. The title of our devotion is Promises to Those Who Obey. Promises to Those Who Obey and in summary what this lesson is teaching us is that God has reserved special blessings to do for those who are obedient not to their parents alone not obedient to the government not obedient to their desires but to those who are obedient to the law the commandments of god and i would like to add that if you want to know the will of god for your life what god has actually reserved and planned for you your destiny you can only realize that destiny by obeying the commandments of God our key text is Exodus chapter 19 verse 5 which says now therefore if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine in Deuteronomy chapter 11, reading from verse 26, it says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods, which you have not known. We are blessed if we keep the commandments of God. God has already set it before us. You know, sometimes we wonder why our life is the way it is. Maybe we have some trials that we pass through. And many times we want to, we have this picture. We have this picture we create in our minds about God that wants to make it look like he doesn't bring judgments upon people. But God himself is the one who said in this passage I just read that he has already predetermined something for us. He has predetermined a blessing and that blessing is conditional. That blessing is only to those who obey the commandments of God. But he has also predetermined a curse to those who disobey the commandments. So sometimes when we see some things happening to us and we are blaming relatives and friends and this and that, it's not all the time that that's the case. Many times we are just entering the predetermined course that God has placed on those who disobey His commandments. 
Are you disobeying the commandments? Have you disobeyed the commandments of God before? What has happened when you disobeyed? A curse is placed on us. And in obedience, a blessing is placed on us. And that is the focus of today's devotion. Promises to those promises to those who obey. In the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. Therefore, because thou hast rejected me, I also reject you. Because thou hast rejected my law, that's what it says. To reject God is to reject his law. And Jesus says there, God says that we perish when we do that. My brothers and sisters, some of us have been made to think that the commandments of God is an obstacle or a hindrance to our progress. No, 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 not at all. This mindset, this idea needs to be shifted, to be cut out of our mind. We need to understand that progress, prosperity is found only, only, it is explicit. There's no two ways of prosperity. Prosperity is one. Prosperity is found only in obedience to the commandments of God. I believe many Christians know the passage in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 where prosperity is defined. There it's written, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then sh- thou shalt have good success. Amen. This is the promise that God has given to those who obey. Success and prosperity. Many of us, like I said earlier, think that the commandment of God is a hindrance to our prosperity. Let me look at the life of Joseph for an example. Joseph was keeping the commandments of God, was a good child. Though he had some petty flaws in him, like always speaking out the error in another person's life and like reporting his brothers, but in other areas of his life, he was faithful to the commandments of God. Now, let us look at how God's commandments brought the kind of prosperity many people look for today, which is placement in high places and all of that. Let's just look at that example. In obedience to the commandments of God, we're going to see two things, the will of God for Joseph and prosperity. He was, because of his obedience, taken by his brothers, almost killed, but sold as a slave to the Ishmaelites who then sold him to Potiphar. In Potiphar's house, the Bible records that Joseph was faithful in all that he did. He was keeping the commandments of God. It was that faithfulness in keeping the commandments of God that made Potiphar to make Joseph the highest of his servants. He was lord of of Potiphar's house. Now, do you see how in faithfulness to the commandments of God he was lifted up? Now, let us look at the story. And that was the will of God for his life. Joseph was sure, and I am sure also, that he was not walking in a path that was not planned for him. You know, many of us go in a road that God did not plan for us because we choose to take the reins of control of our lives into our hands. Do you know how you do that? Whenever you reach a place 
where you want to you have to make a choice either to be obedient to the commandments of god or not and you disobey god's commandments you've chosen another road and when you go in that road you find out that the things that happen to you in that road is not was not god's plan for you but when you obey god's commandments he orchestrates controls all the circumstances and events of your life and uses that to lead you to just exactly where he wants you to be now joseph in slavery was just exactly where god wanted him to be in that slavery that was god's will for joseph then as a as a head of the slaves or the the, the servants in potiphar's house that was exactly where god wanted him to be then an event happened which was potiphar's wife luring him to adultery the commandments of god now if you were in joseph's shoes we face such things today ladies in school and people in their jobs you are told that you must do break god's commandments to preserve the job or to get it in the first place sex for grades sex for promotion sex for getting the job or if it's not sex breaking uh, defrauding changing documents lying in your curriculum vitae that's your resume doing one thing or the other that the commandments of god prohibits and they are telling us that that is the only way we can have so-called success by the way success is jeremiah 9 23. don't glory in wisdom don't glory in might don't glory in any other thing than you know god that is prosperity you may not have mansions you may not have the worldly material things but you have jesus you know god that is prosperity please everyone who is listening get that to your head clearly change your mind and your ideas prosperity is not about money it's not about wealth it's not about material things prosperity is to know god jesus was the most prosperous person because he knew God. And he said that John the Baptist was the greatest man that ever lived or prophet. Why? Their proximity to God. That is success. Now let me continue with the life of Joseph. In that situation, if Joseph had chosen to disobey God, the blessing that God has preserved for him, he would have lost it. But he obeyed many of us will look at that at the, the commandments as an obstacle to our progress we'll feel like oh if i this commandment i this that says i shouldn't commit adultery or that i should not steal or i should not tell lies or i should not dishonor god in one way or the other in breaking the commandments we feel that it is an obstacle to our progress but look at joseph joseph chose to keep the commandments of god in his mind most likely the consequence was death not even imprisonment death most likely it would have been conjured in his mind that if you insist on keeping these commandments, and it's the devil who does that. The devil brings this thought to our mind that if we obey God's commandments, oh, things are going to be bad for you. He paints the worst picture in our mind. But after painting that picture for Joseph, Joseph understood that his prosperity and success only comes from obedience to God and he obeyed. And the will of God was being brought out in Joseph's life. What was the will of God? The will of God was for Joseph to be in prison. Many of us will hear this and say, what do you mean by that? Yes, I mean exactly what I'm saying. It was the will of God that Joseph should be locked up as a prisoner. 
because God was trying to bring out some training for Joseph, bring out some characters in Joseph's life that would be needed for the next place that he was going to be. Now in the prison, Joseph continued to faithfully be a child of God. Have you been to prison before? If there's anywhere the temptation is greatest to disobey God, it is in prison. Because all kind of unruly people are there. Lawlessness reigns in the prison. Because people feel they are hopeless, some of them are on death row, about to be executed. Some of them are on life imprisonment. They amplify their evil. Ex-convicts are feared today because even those who are criminals that have not been taken to prison are afraid of ex-convicts. Because it is in prison that the criminal harnesses and refines and improves in his evil. But Joseph in prison was not influenced. He maintained his integrity and what was God's will, he was placed as head of all the prisoners. But it was through this prison that he made contacts, contacts, take notes, that contact was necessary with the the baker, was it? the baker in the, the butler, okay, in Pharaoh's house. He made that contact and God brought him in contact with that man and he told the man something. After the interpreting his dream, he said, please think on me. Remember me after you are gone. The man left and after many years, he thought, Joseph thought that in a few days time that the man would talk to Pharaoh about himself and he'll be out of prison. It was a sad experience for him, but it was nevertheless the will of God for him to be in that prison. But at the right time appointed, because Joseph kept the commandment of God and it led him to that prison and he met that butler, when the time came, the butler remembered Joseph and told Pharaoh about him and Joseph was brought out of prison and you know the rest of the story. Question. If Joseph chose to sleep with Potiphar's wife, would he have ever gotten to that place? No. In fact, when it was time to meet with his brothers, after all the series of drama, oh serious drama, if you read that story, you'll cry. The drama of keeping Simeon in prison and then later on the brothers left and brought them back and all that drama after everything. Joseph was able to say to his brothers without annoyance that you thought to do me evil, but God has sent me beforehand to preserve life. Joseph could look back at all the experiences of going as a slave, being in Potiphar's house, the blackmail of Potiphar's wife. Oh, blackmail is a very bad thing. It touches the heart, you will cry. These were terrible experiences. He could look at his experience in prison and see everything and piece it up now and understand that God was the one orchestrating every event to bring him to where he was now. That was for Joseph. For Jesus, obedience to the commandments of God led him to the cross. For Peter, it led him to the cross. For Paul, it led him to be beheaded. But in the, in the details of their life, obedience to God's word led them to the places God wanted them to be and they were receiving blessings. Besides, being beheaded was a big deal. Even the wicked die. So, at the end of the day, we all die. It doesn't matter how we die. But in the life that we live, obedience to God's word brings out great promises that God has reserved for all who will obey. At the end of the day, obedience to God's word gives us the true prosperity which is to know God and eventually, John 17 verse 3 tells us that to know God will give us what? Eternal life. 
that is a final promise to those who obey how have your life how has your life been have you been disobeying in this life god has already said there is already a curse on us when we disobey but if we obey a blessing and then in the life to come even if we have disobeyed in this life if we repent and start to obey god's commandments we may of course get the consequences of our disobedience here but in the final consequence if our life is hid with christ in god and we key it in the right direction in obedience to god's word eventually we will then get the promise of eternal life that is the promise to those who obey so what is it you are passing through what are you facing today what decision are you trying to make perhaps you're applying for one thing or the other and they're asking you to do something that you know is in disobedience to god's word look if you do that thing that is in disobedience to God's word, you have cho- God's word, you have chosen another road for yourself. The plan that God wants to bring out in your life, you have changed it. And you are going in another direction altogether where God did not plan for you. But when you repent, God can bring you back to the direction that he wanted you to be. Are you living in disobedience presently? Repent so that you can come back to the destiny that God has preserved for you. You know, human beings love to talk of my destiny, my destiny, my destiny. Do you want to know your destiny? Obey God's commandments so that God can bring you back to the destiny he has planned for you. In disobedience, you go to another destiny that God did not plan for you. Some of us are are applying to go abroad, for example. Do you know whether that's God's destiny? Are you changing your documents so you can get that telling lies? It is not your destiny. You have chosen your destiny for yourself. That is not God's destiny for you. Obey God's commandments. Whatever comes out of that obedience, that is God's destiny. Because when you obey, you leave control to God's hand so that he can change circumstances to bring you where he wants you to be. But when you disobey, you have taken yourself out of God's hands. He is not now going to be able to alter all the circumstances to bring you where he wants you to be. Jonah was disobeying God, did not want to do what God wanted him to do. God tried to force things back to what he wanted it to be. He ran away into the ship and God was, you see, your experience now, you may have disobeyed, you are passing through some kind of experience and you are wondering why you are passing through this thing. Yes, you have money, you got the job, you got the material things, but there are certain things happening in your life. God is merciful to you, he's trying to turn things just like he did to Jonah. So that you realize that you need to retrace your steps and in obedience to God, go back to Nineveh and do what God wanted you to do. You know your own Nineveh in obedience to God's commandments. Do what God has asked you to do, which is obedience to his commandments. Retrace your steps so that you will not lose what God has prepared for you in the life to come and in this present life. I pray that we will have implicit faith in God. Let us remove that idea from our mind that the obedience to God's word takes us away from good things. Instead, replace it with the idea that obedience to God's word is what leads us to prosperity and good success. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Whatever comes out of obedience, it may lead you to be a prime minister, it may lead you to be a prisoner, it may lead you to be a pauper. It may lead you to be a king. It may lead you to be obscure in this world. It may lead you to be a prominent person in this world. Whichever the case, be content to know 
that wherever it leads you in obedience, that is God's will for your life. And be content to know that eventually that obedience is leading you to eternal life. It doesn't matter whether you are a king on this earth or a pauper, a prince or a poor person. It doesn't matter whether you are a prime minister or just a person living in obscurity in this world. Those things don't really matter eventually. What matters is your final end. Be content to know that obedience leads you to the final end of eternal life. May God help us to change our minds in these things and change the ideas and change our practices so that we can get good success in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to add that the memorial text says, If ye will obey my voice, indeed, indeed, not partial. Many times we obey God partially, not with all our hearts. We do half things, not the whole thing He wants us to do. In the Bible, we see examples of people who have done it part partially. We see Cain. Cain did obey, but not fully. He brought the sacrifice, but he brought the wrong sacrifice. In his heart, he was satisfied that he had done the right thing. But then, he didn't do all that God had asked him to do. God is asking for us to do it indeed, fully, as he has asked us to do. We also see people who did it fully, irrespective of the consequences. People like the three Hebrew boys, they obeyed God fully, and we saw the consequences as well. Usually people say a friend in need is a friend indeed. No matter the need, no matter the difficulty, if we will only obey God fully, I pray that the Lord will help us not to do partial obedience, but full, fully obey. Then the part of the first paragraph there says, um, okay. Those who will live amid the perils of the last days may realize that just as at the beginning of their experience, the truth united them with the Savior. There is a, uni a, a unity with the Savior, which is also a separation from the world. In James 4.4 4, we see that it's written there that adulterers and adulteresses know you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. So as we begin to obey God fully, not halfway, there is a separation that happens between us and the world, between the way the world does its own things and the way God does his own things. And we also see Lord Jesus said that that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination before God. So the way we think, the way we do things, the way the world does its own things will become different from the way we will do our own things. Then part of the last paragraph there says, the sacrifice of our ideas, our will, is necessary if we will be one with Christ in God. We have to change our orientation, like the first speaker said. We have to change our orientation. What we think is right. What we think, the way we think things should be done. The regular way of doing things must be changed if we will be one with Christ. And in Proverbs 3, it says that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Many times we choose our own path, choose the way we want to do things, and then drag God along. God, this is how I want it, please. Help it to come to pass that way. That is not the idea. We must follow God the way He says it should be. I pray that the Lord will help us to 
give him total obedience irrespective of where it is leading us to in jesus name because god is able and willing to lead all who will be led he desires to teach each one a lesson of constant trust unwavering faith and unquestioning submission he says to each one i am the lord thy god walk with me and i will fill thy path with light hallelujah this is the kind of words that will make you sit up unwavering faith those he is willing to lead all who will be led in other words sometimes i will feel like i don't want to be led and god will just leave me to lead myself and we know what that means but he desires to teach each one a lesson of a constant trust not trust him for these and then um, find a way to solve the other ones we must constantly i should constantly trust the lord unwavering faith not wavering now this one will take me to james james chapter 1 verse 6 when he said but let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavered is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed verse 7 says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the lord a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways jeremiah 17 verse 5 says thus said the lord cursed cursed be the man that trusted in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departed from the lord for he shall be like the heat of the desert and shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited blessed is the man that trusted in the lord and whose hope the lord is for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit this is this reading just reminded me of the life of moses i'll read from counsels to parents and teachers it says that all the learning of the wise men could not make moses a channel through which the lord could walk until he lost his self-confidence realize his own helplessness and put his trust in god until he was willing to obey god's commands whether they seemed to him to his human reason to be right or not it was not the teaching of the schools of egypt that enabled moses to triumph over his enemies but an ever abiding unflinching faith a faith that did not fail under the most trying circumstances now god is going to try our faith our faith will be tested whether we sometimes we tend to want to assist him like abraham did with a guy or whether we will wait and trust him 
in him implicitly because whatever if we take any other tone then it will lead to another direction until we we must trust God that he knows what he's doing and we'll wait and the only way we we'll know that we're waiting is when we look at the commandment we make sure that we are in the path of duty we are still keeping the commandments of God and we've not broken any of them because the pleasures of sin Moses realized is only for a season but the path of life where there is fullness of joy in the presence of God keeping the commandments our one will keep us happy said so out so the commandments only in keeping the commandments that will find our happiness amen a favorite song that says in the warfare that is raging for the truth and for the right when the conflict fierce is raging with the powers of the night God needs people brave and true may he then depend on you the battle is raging between right and wrong when everyone around seems to be doing evil seems to be following the regular path of pleasure seeking and all of attending parties and all that God is looking for those who stand out for him who obey him indeed when there is need the whole universe is watching watching for those who wouldn't mind to be odd to be the odd man out to look different to eat different to dress different to speak differently to seek a different form of pleasure than what the world is seeking to be obey God indeed to keep his covenant the agreement with him to shame the devil and stand out God is looking for you God is waiting on all of us to stand out for him to obey him indeed I pray that the Lord will really help us to be different for him to be someone who will stand for him when there is need even when no one is watching amen wonderful promises as i scan through all that has been said i see that god is trying to address all the worries and concerns we have in life what is my destiny how do i know that god is leading me i even find the beautiful thing that god is trying to do to walk out a beautiful pattern in our lives we've been told if you want to know your destiny obey God just like Joseph did he could not make any better plan than obedience to God and God used it to direct his path we've also been told another beautiful promise I'm seeing here is even if you have been stubborn like Jonah you have been stubborn in disobeying God going up at cross purposes with God's plan if you we submit God can also bring us back we've also been told that true prosperity is in knowing God that is it's not about what's happening now it's who makes it at the end of life I mean if you want to do the economics you don't count profit when you have not ended the business the business of life will be determined those who make it will be determined by those who make it to the end and have eternal life everybody's investing now building yes and how houses are rising up and there and there some are smiling but at the end the Bible says we will know who is really the fool 
or who is the wise one and it's simply who makes it to eternal life so that's another beautiful thing i'm seeing from this devotion this morning there's another line uh, my brother was also talking about peace peace of mind i'm looking at the blessings that are promised to those who obey god there's peace i think it's in in isaiah 27 isaiah 27 verse 27 verse 3 it says mm, isaiah 26 verse 3 instead it says thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee there's peace of mind in following god you may be wondering what decision am i supposed to make here well let me just tell you the one you should make is the one that will bring you peace of mind and it is in following god's law psalm 119 verse 165 says great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them psalm 119 verse 165 see great peace this peace cannot be gotten by the worldly or those who are disobedient to god they may smile at you now you may be eating their ice creams they may be dressing the way they are dressing taking their selfies putting it on facebook but see my brother my sister in the night in the recess of the mind when the mind start taking account of all that has been done the motives that have prompted these actions begin to flog the conscience and except they repent there will be no peace too but i'm just saying in case you're thinking which direction should i follow the popular way or the least traveled way i will just say travel on the path of obedience to god's commandment in case you're still confused what's the commandment of god pray the bible says stand stand and ask for the old path where is what the good will the good way and walk therein and you shall find what rest for your souls so this is another promise you have peace of mind which the world does not have and that's what made jesus unique even if when they are terrifying him the pilot is terrifying him and then the priests are terrifying him accusing him he's not even considering what people are saying what i know is that i'm doing the will of god and that's my prosperity that's my peace and that's the same thing the way it has to be with us no matter the allurements the promises the world gives to us as long as we are secured in obedience to god let us have peace of mind and it will startle the world it will startle them indeed so that's another promise i see here something else i'm also amazed with this blessing is god was taking me by hand and purifying my character to make it like his like brosiko was talking about joseph see how god trained and drilled this man to be able to fit into the position tomorrow see moses too 40 years as a shepherd god drilled him my brother here was also talking about the training that moses received in obedience to god is was what prepared him for his life purpose who would say 40 years what are you doing 40 years as a taking care of a sheep 40 years and a full-blown man like you with a wife and children and you're doing this menial job but that was where he learned the character of meekness i mean i want to emphasize again i am happy for this lesson in that god takes us by hand to purify our character to make us like him the process he takes 
though humiliating and humble in its way, but the result which is committing to you his character is wonderful. If you are easily irritated or angered, God makes something better so that you're not moved. Do you know what blessing it is that you're not moved by circumstances around you? You're calm and stable. God said, I will make a man more pure, more precious than the gold of fire. That's in Job Job, uh, sorry, Isaiah chapter 13 verse 12. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of fire. That's God trying to purify us, to commit to us his character. You see, like, like John will say, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the sons of God. God's character. I am happy that there's a process. My life is not aimless. You see, when we are making these decisions for right, to the world, it looks like you're having an aimless direction. See you. We don't even know where you're going to. We don't even know what your life is turning into. How 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 are you saying you're serving God and let's say for for Joseph in the meantime you're in prison, then you're working in your ma- in your in your in your mat- in your master's house as a slave. For how many years have you been wasting time? Okay, how about you, Moses? How many years have you been wasting your time for forty good years? Whereas you should have been a king or a prince in Egypt, and you're telling me this is how God led you, and then you you come to people like uh, Peter. And John the Baptist and and John himself. For Peter, you say, oh, you left your father and your, your your wife and your children, and you're following Jesus up and down as old as you are. Whereas you were fishing, you can even talk to Matthew. Say so you left the taxpayers' office where you were influential. You are meeting men of timber and caliber, and see you here now. But they were working with with the highest influence in heaven. God himself was working with them. If their eyes did not look beyond what men were saying, they would feel intimidated and shaken to their feet. But you see, that's why you and me as children of God should understand where we are and what we are doing. God is bringing in us characters that are like him. He's putting before us preparations that will make us fitted for heaven. And the child of God must value character perfection more than this world's good. He or she must understand that God is working through him, with him, for him, preparing him for something greater and better. It's not in the gold and the silver. The greatest man, the greatest man that ever lived, Christ, did not walk in gold and silver. It was his character that made him distinct. And if God is doing that work in you, rejoice. Because those who are in the world, Bible says it's, it's a bastard that has no one that chastises them. A bastard has no one taking care of them. I am happy that God is taking me by his hand and working his own character in me. I'm not comfortable with my character flaws. I'm not happy. No matter how good or how well the uh, family may be or how uh, influential, intelligent I may be in school, I'm not happy when I see character flaws, which is why Jeremiah would say, let him that glory, glory in this that he knoweth me, not in silver, in riches, or in wealth and strength. He knows me and he understands me. That's Jeremiah 9 verse 23. So I am happy from this devotion that God is purifying my character and your character. It will do us well to have this mindset so that whatever we are going through, what we are checking is, okay, what is God trying to teach me here? And if you find a lesson, rejoice for it. So this lesson is a wonderful 
privilege that God is bringing to us. All we have to do, as we have been told, is to submit to God's leading. I'll read one final quote here in Science of the Times, October 3, 1892. It says... Jesus is waiting to breathe upon all his disciples and give them the inspiration of his sanctifying spirit and transfuse the vital influence from himself to his people. He would have them understand that henceforth they cannot serve two masters. Their lives cannot be divided. Christ is to live in his human agents and walk through their faculties and act through their capabilities. Their will must be submitted to his will. They must act with his spirit that it may no more day that live. It may be no more day that live, but Christ that liveth in them. Jesus is seeking to impress upon them the thought that in giving his Holy Spirit, he is giving to them the glory which the Father had given them, him rather, that he and his people may be one in God. Our way and will must be in submission to God's will, knowing that it is holy, just and good. I really pray that we will submit to this just, good and holy way. God's ways that are higher and that are better, that are beautiful, more precious. May this be our experience in Christ's name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you for these words that we have to go out today knowing fully well that we must learn to trust you implicitly day by day that our happiness is found in obedience and keeping your laws. O oh Lord, we we'll pray for strength. Give us the strength and may your spirit continue to remind us to continue to walk in the path of duty. This is our prayer through Christ our Lord. 